Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, just like it sounds, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. Uh, I want to start with basketball, but not current basketball, if that makes any sense. We haven't talked about the Chris Beard deal, and, and we're not, mm-hmm. trust me, we're not ignoring it or anything, just wanted to find time to to address it uh district attorney dropping charges yesterday uh so that is where it is and you know the reactions have been what they've been uh you know cameron asked me this earlier about you know the the flagship message board at horns 24 7 kind of what their reaction was i'd say it's probably 75 to 80 percent that were saying hey you know texas they had to make the decision that they did when they did and you know just you live with it. It is what it is, kind of thing. Uh, of that other, you know, twenty-five to twenty percent, probably half of those people say, you know, the university rushed to a decision, should let the process play out, and then the other half, that you know, ten to fifteen percent, is saying, you know, Chris Beard should be hired back, and nobody cares as long as you're getting recruits and winning basketball games. Which that's a whole different can of worms. But, uh, you know, Craig, I've I've seen Jeff Goodman come out and say it. I've seen a, a couple other people come out and say it. My guess is Chris Beard's probably coaching. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be a Power Five program, but I'm guessing he's coaching college basketball somewhere by this summer. He'll he'll be employed by somebody. I would say that it is logical to believe and to expect that there are already individuals representing either an athletic department or someone connected with an athletic department who have already been in touch with him. Yeah especially with this uh, announcement yesterday of uh, charges being dropped. Um, So I I think that you will probably expect to hear his name certainly connected with openings at at other Division I institutions, be they Power Five or mid-major or whatever. I think you'll hear his name connected with those. Where it goes from there, who knows, but but I think you'll hear his name connected with that. Yeah, just real quick, I mean, you know, my take on it was I, I felt like Texas had to make a decision. You couldn't let this play out because at that point you're you're kind of keeping the program, holding the program hostage for lack of a better term, and you know, there needs to be clarity, uh, not just for your current players, for your coaches, uh, for for recruits. I mean, you've got two signees that still aren't 100% sure what, what the future's going to hold, and not that you know, Ron Holland and, and A.J. Johnson by themselves control the fate of the program, but you just couldn't have that cloud hovering over. And based on the information that was available to the to the powers that be at the time, I felt like they they made the only decision they could at that point. And so it is what it is. If Chris Beard is going to be coaching somewhere in the 2023-24 college basketball season, uh, it won't be at the University of Texas. And I, I think just, you know, I said this when it happened, Craig, just sad all the way around. I mean, you, you've got a guy that, you know, had his dream job and lost it before he could really start building it. Uh, you've got a, a relationship between two people and, and, and families are involved that that's got to get worked out. You've got, you know, not just players, but assistant coaches and support staff that are, are uncertain about their futures. So it's just sad, sad and unfortunate all the way around. But I feel like Texas, everybody that's still with the program is to an extent moved on and moved forward and, and are focused on trying to win a conference championship. And now, Chris Beard can start to move on to to whatever's next for him. I, I think that's the thing is that folks are ready to move forward to move on. Yeah, to what to whatever's next. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some football. We talk yes. a little Longhorn football, please. Uh, a little summer uh, summer 
Nah, I wish it was summer uh, at this point. Uh, a little winter workout information. Uh, you can go to Horns 24-7. Man, my guy Hudson Standish has been killing it lately with information. So he's got some recruiting tidbits uh, mixed in here with some intel on winter workouts. Uh, one, here's one thing that uh, really stood out to me about Quinn Ewers, what Hudson got from a source in terms of what's been the biggest change for Quinn in these workouts, even coming off, you know, had a good end of the season with the way the bowl game went. Uh, but a source said consistency. He has a much better grasp of what to do day-to-day as the quarterback at Texas, and it's reflected in how he's attacking off-season workouts. I think you just got to remember with Quinn, for all the fans that are quick to move on to Quinn and, and want Arch to go win this job right out of the gate, remember this is a guy that hadn't really played a full season of football. And, and really, his last year at Southlake wasn't even a full season because he had the hernia issue. Mm-hmm. So really, you got to go back to his sophomore year of high school in 2019, to find the last time he played a full season of football, and then he comes out and wins the job and plays well and goes through you know the ebbs and flows, the slow burn of even the really good quarterbacks we've seen at Texas have had struggles like like we've documented and we've talked about. But I think the fact that he's you know, it's not new to him anymore the way Sark's offseason is structured that that means a lot. Craig, we've seen guys you know it takes you a while to figure out hey what what's a workout going to be like on a daily basis kind of what does this what does this stretch of, of several weeks look like in mm-hmm. terms of strength and conditioning uh, what what happens when you start that ramp up to spring practice and then after that what do your workouts look like going into summer your your throwing sessions everything that goes into that so uh, I think Quinn naturally the consistency should be because he's more just more comfortable with everything around him. Uh, that same source told uh, Horns 24-7 about Arch Manning. said, quote, he's really blown away our group of wideouts with how consistently perfect his ball placement is uh, on air or against other DBs. There are times where he'll throw a perfect ball for a completion and still have a cal- and still have calm and detailed notes for his receivers on how to improve their routes. Uh, he's been everything they've expected him to be so far. But, again, it's early, and I want to say that about all these notes from winter workouts. It's early. This isn't in pads. They haven't had a formal practice yet, so take all of it for what it's worth. Uh, sounds like the newcomer receivers, A.D. Mitchell, Jontae Cook, DeAndre Moore, are starting to uh, really assert themselves on the field. And then uh, when Hudson was asked for for young guys that are kind of standing out on defense, at least that have kind of made a really good impression, uh, Colton Vosick, Leonga LaFowle, Malik Muhammad are the three names that have come up. And again, Craig, one name that we keep hearing, and it'll be more prevalent when we get to spring ball. You ask people about, hey, who's making strides? Who's standing out? We've heard Sark talk about him. We've heard sources off the record talk about him. Jeray Bledsoe's name gets mentioned a lot. So if you're looking for kind of who can be one of these breakout guys once spring practice starts, Jeray Bledsoe's about as good of a candidate as anybody at this point to really a guy that we saw very little last year that could be playing a big part of things. One last note real quick. Uh, Anthony Hill, apparently Jalen Ford, has, you know, as he's taken on more of a leadership role on defense, sounds like he's really taken Anthony Hill under his wing, which is huge because Anthony Hill might be good enough to be one of your two starting inside linebackers at some point. Could this be. Year. And I know, Craig, you've seen a lot from him. So there's uh, just a little, a little bit of winter football, not even spring football, a little bit of winter football discussion. Well, Speaking of spring, the schedule was announced and released of the practice schedule yeah. there, and so it starts on Monday, March sixth, and uh, you know they go with the uh, every other day thing for a bit. You know, Monday, March sixth, Wednesday, Wednesday the eighth, Friday the tenth, then come back uh, after spring break and go Wednesday the twenty second, Friday the twenty fourth, and Saturday. So they go back to back twenty four, twenty fifth, then come back on Monday the twenty seventh, Wednesday the twenty ninth, Friday the thirty first. 
Monday, April 3rd, Wednesday, April 5th, Friday, April 7th, then Wednesday, April 12th, Friday the 14th, and then, of course, the spring game on Saturday the 15th. I think, if I'm remembering right, Craig, I think even for spring ball, you've got to have X number of practices. It's not like the full-on acclimation period like you've got with right. fall, but fall, summer camp, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but you still got to have, I think, X number of workouts and shorts, X number of workouts and shells. Correct. X number of workouts and full pads. And of those fully padded practices, X number of them can be full tackling to the ground contact. So it's a little bit of a an adjustment continually getting used to. It's not just like it was back in the day where you just show up and start knocking heads. Yeah, start little, saying, strap it on and get after, yeah, a little, right? A little, bit, a, little bit, a little bit of structure to, yeah. to, to, to spring ball. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. 